All right. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode titled The Fear. We'll talk about how fear can create limiting beliefs and overall hinder our performance as sales professionals. With that, it is my pleasure to introduce my friend, Tanvir. Tanvir, thanks for joining. Great to be here, Damien. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is uh, an episode that I had circled on my calendar for a while, a guest that I've been wanting to have on this podcast since it started. So this is a real honor, and I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I think I hit you back up like a year ago or something. Um, I was actually looking into roles at Thinkific and your profile stood out and I was like, oh, let me let me connect with you. And then we ended up connecting, had a l- little bit of back and forth. Didn't end up going through with it because obviously I ended up somewhere else. But um, funny how things come full circle. Oh, man, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I guess at the time for for context to anyone listening that maybe isn't so active in the LinkedIn world, I... I think if it was doing this kind of mindfulness and sales role, which was kind of a role that I kind of created and was running sessions with our sales team. So I know you had reached out to me and you were, you were, you were like pretty um, stoked to see that. So, so that, that was cool as well. I remember, I remember that message I got from you and it was, uh, it was cool connecting with you too, because you have a podcast that's obviously very successful. And I, at that time was just starting to get into it. So, you know, I was low key looking up to you because of the success you've had, you know, in your podcast. So kind of came full circle there. No, I appreciate it. Look, look the world, um, especially sales orgs need more of, of that, right. Um, more focus around mindfulness, more focus around mental health. Uh, cause sales ultimately is a very big mental game, right? It's quite mentally toxic. We're dealing with rejection. We're dealing with objections. We're dealing with, you know, so much velocity and um, day-to-day opportunities that come up, it's a lot to take on. It's a lot to take in. Um, And I always like to say, you know, as sales professionals, we're kind of corporate athletes. We're the closest thing to a competitive athlete in the professional world next Mm -hmm. to maybe entrepreneurs. And so um, with that, it's like, all right, well, you got to take care of the, of the mental game um, of the inner game. And, you know, I thought that was really impressive. So Congrats on on doing that and being a part of that at Thinkific. Here's man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't, I still don't think it's talked about enough. I don't still don't think it's, it's where it should be in terms of prioritization in, in sales. Um, I think we're getting there. I think there's a lot of good steps that we're seeing towards that, including the work that, you know, you and Ian are doing right now. I think that that is exactly what we need to see more of as well. So yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, to your point, the sales world, yeah, we are the high performance athletes of the workplace, high expectation, high rejection. And, you know, something that I talk about a lot on on this podcast is, you know, so few sales professionals are equipped with the tools to navigate that. And, you know, naturally, uh, you know, if you go into this high performance setting and are not equipped with the tools, you're probably going to burn out or, or come across uh, some really difficult times. So, you know, for me, that's kind of where I think we're aligned is like, let's prioritize equipping these individuals with these tools so that they can show up as the best versions of themselves when they're selling. And when they do that, they will sell better. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, there's no question. I, I, I've i been on both sides of the coin. You know, I've been on the side where I, I've been underperforming right? Not doing well and feel stressed by that and feel the weight of that, the pressure of that. And on the flip side, which is actually overperforming, doing really well, but 
still feeling empty, still feeling unfulfilled, still feeling anxiety. And if you don't have those tools that you mentioned, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but if you don't have those tools under both scenarios, it's going to be a struggle. And I still go through it to this day. Um, there's a there's a personality test that you can take out there. It's called an Enneagram. So I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever, which basically means that I'm the type of person that gets value from achievement. And if I don't, I don't feel I don't feel valued. I don't like have a high sense of self worth, etc. And I still go through it where if it's I if it's like I go through a stretch of period where I'm not achieving, I'm not succeeding, I'm not closing deals. It gets to me like emotionally. But it's because I have some of those other tools, meditation, exercise, et cetera, et cetera, that allow me to deal with it and cope with it better than I would if I, if I didn't have those at all. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. And actually something that we probably haven't talked about enough on this podcast is the, the flip side, the, you know, we talked about the underperformer and their struggles, but to your point. You could you could be overperforming, but if your alignment is not there with your purpose, with your vision, with you know what you view life uh, to be or what it should be, if you're not on that track, there's there's this different kind of stress that comes. And you know, to your point, I also can relate to that a lot. You know, I'm I'm someone that also, you know, definitely feels good when I'm kind of achieving uh, results. And and I think the hard part for me, again, I've been on both sides as a sales professional, is when uh, as an underperformer, the results aren't there, but you know, I, I, I'm trying everything I can, but there is a, an element of it that is out of my control. There's only so much you can do. And accepting that at the time was really, really, really hard for me. And I attached my worth to that performance and my identity was that. And obviously when it's not happening and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when for every sales professional, you're, you're going to be a bit down, right? So yeah, man, that really hits home. And actually with that, maybe you tell us a little bit about your story. I feel like it's worth starting with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I started, uh, I've been in sales for over 10 years. My first business or the first thing I ever did in terms of work was I started a, a snow shoveling business. So I had to do door-to-door sales, you know, snow shovel driveways for 20, 30 bucks. And that's when I got the first taste of sales. And that's kind of when I got hooked, went on to doing retail uh, banking, but ultimately like the big jump was when I, when I dove into SaaS sales, right. Which is when I, when I started at Salesforce, um, and going into to Salesforce as my full time, full first full-time role out of school, out of, out of university, I really felt like I had something to prove and I just wanted to show up and show out and hit the ground running. Um, and so, lo and behold, six months later into my SDR role, I'm number one, I'm MVP, um, you know, leading the dashboard, all those things. And I believe it was in my seventh or eighth month on the phones. We had a, we had a spiff going on, um, on who could make the most dials that day. Uh, and I'll never forget this. I was, I was approaching like 200 calls on the day. And then all of a sudden I felt chills throughout my body. And I was on the phone with a prospect and I couldn't get words out. Like I couldn't, it was like, I was like croaking basically. So I had to hang up the phone, um, felt kind of like immobilized almost. I'd rolled over to my manager's chair and I was like, I have to go. Like I can't, I can't stay at work. It was about 3 PM at this point. So he let me off, uh, ended up going to the hospital, was hanging out at the hospital for eight hours, basically 
peak burnout reflecting in a physical sense, right? Um, I had to be quarantined for two weeks after that. Some sort of condition came about as a result of, of all that craziness. But it was the day that I was making 200 calls and just trying to go off on, on this achievement streak, right? Um, that's, that was SDR. Uh, learned some lessons from that. But then again, when I got to BDR, uh, similar situation. Did really well. MVP, number one. Had a panic attack um, while I was while I was in a car and ended up sort of almost diving out of a of a moving vehicle on the side of the road. And wow. another wake up call. So two yeah. wake up calls at this point. Started taking my health a lot more seriously. Started yeah. taking um, being more conscious about the way I, I manage my day, about mm-hmm. the way that I um, you know manage my tasks, so on and so forth. And then when I got to AE, I dealt with a lot of lot of anxiety as as many do, right? With the pressure, um, dealt with a lot of the, the anxiety that comes with that role, but was ultimately able to use a lot of tools. Um, also mentorship. I, I ended up working with Ian as a coach to help me through a lot of that and, um, you know, make it so that I was getting really great results as an account executive two, three years in a row without necessarily hitting that burnout stage and while doing it more sustainably while doing it more in a controlled and conscious and intentional manner um so that's my story (laughs) i love that man and you know i think that's really really interesting as well because you kind of saw um you know the analogy of like when you hit rock bottom the only way is up you know you kind of saw some of these these difficult um situations of what they could be and then you chose to to do something about it in terms of like getting a mentor getting a coach learning some tools to to um you know allow you to to not be in those states so i guess i'm just curious then now you're you're working with ian um and you you guys are really working with sales professionals obviously on you know, how to sell better, but also on some of this inner game stuff too, right? It's the inner game stuff that we find most of the time ends up being more important. Of course, we do the selling skills. We help people become, you know, better sellers through all stages of a deal cycle from prospecting all the way through close. But when I look at our testimonials page, or when I look at the members that we worked with, when I looked at my story, sure, I saw the financial benefit and, and the performance benefit of that. Awesome, but not what I care the most about. I love hearing the fact that, you know, people get to spend up more time with their kids as mm-hmm. a result of the program. People are having stronger marriages as a result of the program. People are, have been able to take back their health, have been able to take back their hobbies as a result of being in the program. And those are the testimonials that I love to hear mm-hmm. because that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, man. I've learned time and again, when you, when you hinge your value on achievement, as I do, it tends to be a, a recipe for disaster sometimes if you don't remind yourself of, of what's important. So what we see oftentimes is, you know, the reason people aren't performing in their roles um, as sales professionals is, is threefold. It's number one, which you talked about, is they don't feel connected to a deeper purpose or a deeper why. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not all in on their purpose. They're not all in on a vision, on a mission that's aligned with specific goals that they might have. Right. So they're having a hard time reconciling their career and what they want to accomplish in their career with their personal purpose, their personal mission, their personal identity. That's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is they're all over the place. They don't have an organized manner of the way that they manage their day, they manage their time. Essentially everyone else is stealing these things from them, mm-hmm. their clients, their leaders, their work, their tasks. Mm-hmm. They're taking the time away 
from the account executive as opposed to the account executive controlling their calendar, controlling their space, you know, uh, creating a safe space for their priorities and tasks, et cetera. And mm-hmm. the last piece is most sales reps just don't know what they don't know, which is, okay, I, I, I'm here. I want to get here. What's the skill gap? Because right now I don't feel as if I'm doing the best I could be doing. I know there's more I could be doing. What could I be doing? Mm-hmm. And we help them cover that gap through the selling skills. So mm-hmm. when you bring those three things together, the, the how, the what, and the why, mm-hmm. it tends to make a really strong recipe for a salesperson who's actually fulfilled and who can show up consistently on a day-to-day basis, knowing that they're giving it their all, regardless of the fact of whether or not they end up seeing success on the other side or not. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, that's very aligned with kind of obviously the theme of today's episode and hence why we're talking about it, but around fear. And I think right now it is, it is tough being, you know, a sales professional in tech, especially, you know, we, we are kind of seeing things slow down a little bit. And also side note, it is world mental health day today, which is very fitting that we're talking about this for anyone listening. Uh, That's when we've recorded this episode. And anyways, what I'm getting at here is, you know, there are a lot of people right now who are a bit down and out, you know, they're, they're not hitting their quota. Um, the job market's tough. Maybe they're out of work. Maybe they're doubting their ability. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people right now who I know, and I'm sure you do too, that are, are going through a tough time right now in, in the sales community. Uh, I guess curious to hear kind of, you know, your thoughts on the current state and, and some of the stuff that you're seeing, uh, you know, with, uh, individuals that you're speaking with as well. Yeah, there's no doubt it's a it's a tough time. The market's different. Um, things aren't what they used to be a couple of years ago when it was like the golden golden years of selling. Um, that being said, there are people still seeing success, right? And Absolutely. why are they seeing success? Yeah. That's what we have to dissect. Is like there's there's a percentage of the market that's still doing really well, that's still performing really well, and then there's another percentage of the market that, yes, there's things that are just outside their control. You can't control everything in a deal cycle but they're still doing everything they can. So when it comes to the fear, right? The fear of dealing with clients, the fear of rejection, all this fear Mm -hmm. that comes with the pressure of meeting your sales quota. My philosophy is to lean into it, to sit in it, to allow yourself to feel it. Mm -hmm. Because once you embody yourself or once you allow yourself to sit in the pain and accept that it's there Mm -hmm. and you're you're fully in acceptance of your situation, that's when you can decide that it's time to make a change and what needs to change in order to make a difference and, and move things forward. What can be done to try and you know, improve the situation as opposed to letting the fear hold you back from actually ar- arriving and achieving your full potential. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that is so important as well is to, to like two things for me. It's what you said, really. It's awareness and acceptance. So it's like awareness of your state, good or bad, you know, if you're in fear, if you're stressed, feeling that fully through your body, through your mind and accepting it for what it is. And like you said, putting a plan moving forward. And, you know, it kind of reminds me, this is this is a little bit, a bit of a tangent here, but I don't know if you watched that new uh, David Beckham docuseries yet on Netflix, but he anyways, he had a really difficult time um, in his in his career when he played for England. And basically he cost England a goal that pretty much put them out of the world cup and the entire country blamed it on him. And he took it personal and he 
wasn't able to perform his performance went down you know he wasn't able to become the the player that he was and the environment around him was so impactful on that and i couldn't help but think of the the analogy there in the even the sales world where you know if your environment and your support system is not strong and if it doesn't believe in you it can become crippling and your performance will decrease and you're not being you know that that best version of what you could be so when I saw that, I was kind of like, okay, like I can kind of relate to that, you know, in sales, right? Where like you're, you know, maybe you're not didn't have a great quarter, maybe you didn't have a great month, and everything, everyone seems like everyone's on you, and and you're just you're just down and out. So I guess where I'm get, going here, my question to you would be like, what would you say to that that sales professional that maybe is the David Beckham in the moment where they're really struggling, the team's not doesn't feel like they're supporting them, doesn't feel like they have that environment. How can they get out of that and move on, in your opinion? Yeah, if you want others to believe in yourself, you got to believe in yourself first. Hell yeah. To, to simplify it, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to, and, and it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. It's easy for me to say. It's harder to do. Mm-hmm. So you, that's why you have to get clear on your why. You got to get clear on your mission, your purpose, what you're trying to accomplish and why. Why do you want to accomplish these things? Do you have to support your family? Do you have to put food on the table? Um, is there a deeper meaning behind, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it get clear do a lot of self-discovery you know we're taught all the time to do discovery with our customers but we rarely do discovery on ourselves of what matters to us and why Mm -hmm. it matters to us do that first and then believe in your ability to you know make a change you have to believe in your ability to make a difference because my my philosophy has always been okay if there's if there's other people succeeding here i can do it too there's no reason why i can't i just got to then figure out the how so from there, it's about, okay, mapping out a plan to say that, okay, if my leaders ask me, you know, and I'm facing a lot of pressure, I can show them a plan. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I missed um, my quarterly quota uh, at Salesforce last year at a time where, you know, it was really expected that I would perform mm-hmm. and I didn't. And it, it, it hit me hard, hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, okay, well, I can, I can sit in this or I can, I can choose to to find out how I can change this. And so um, we use this system in the program called the 12 week year. Uh, it's about accomplishing, you know, more in 12 weeks than most people will get done in 12 months. And I, and I took that, I took that 12 week year and I was like, Hey, this is what I'm going to exactly do over the next week, 12 weeks, mm-hmm. brought it to my VP said, Hey, this is my plan. This is how mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, this is where I'm focused. This is where I'm going to put my energy. Here are the things I'm going to say no to. Right. So I can dedicate myself to, to this thing and this thing only. Mm-hmm. You know, I even had to say no to my podcast because I wanted to put my career first at that, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and so they were happy with that. I was mm-hmm. happy with that. And we got aligned and started making the changes to, to move forward. Right. Um, and to, again, lean back into that fear, lean back into that pressure, because the more you run away from it, the more it's just going to end up chasing you. Exactly. I love that line right there. I think that is a, a really key point. I think we do often run, you know, the, the survival instinct kicks in, right. And it's the, uh, um, the running that we know, uh, whether it's physically or, you know, in our mind. That, and that I wanted, I wanted to run. I wanted yeah. to run. I, I, I picked up the phone and I called my mentor. I called Ian and I said, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see the pipe for the remainder of the year to, to hit my target. There's a lot of pressure coming from leadership. I don't like it. I think I want to leave. And that's when I actually started looking at Thinkific. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that happened. But mm-hmm. because I had a mentor in my corner, you know, regardless of whether it's a coach, it's a friend, it's people that support you, like your, mm-hmm. your, your trusted circle. I'm not talking about necessarily your leaders. I'm talking about 
your trusted circle of people, yeah. your board of your, your inner board of directors, uh, you know, if it's mentors, if it's friends, whatever it may be, your parents, you know, leaning on them because they're ultimately going to believe in you as well, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have faith in you and be able to give you impartial advice. And so what Ian told me was, this is amazing for you. This is great for you that you're losing because now it's a time for you to test your ability to be patient, for your ability to sit in the pain and continue on the path, continue on the plan, continue to execute despite some of these losses that you've experienced. And it was a huge learning moment for me, a huge lesson for me and what allowed me to stay in the game. Love that. And, and you took something and turned it into you know, an opportunity to learn and to grow. I guess thinking about it on the flip though, I also think there are times where like you said, you have to feel a situation and know when it is time to to cut ties and when a situation is no longer serving you or you are no longer fulfilling, you know, your purpose of what's what once was. And that is often a tough thing to navigate too. It's like, where do you decide to make the shift versus, you know, um, kind of doing the route that you took there in that scenario? Curious your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, I see it as a two-way street, right? Yeah. It's a it's a relationship. Um between a, an employee and a performer, an account executive and a manager, a leader. It's like, as long as I feel that you're invested in making me successful, mm-hmm. I will invest in myself to, to make me successful as well. Um, so, you know, whether it's guiding, it's coaching, it's mentorship, it's resources, it's, you know, the actual ability to hit targets, like those matter. And if those are, are in place, then I'm willing to go to bat. But if there's, yeah you know, not a little alignment, but a lot of misalignment in those things that I don't feel at all, you know, invested into or equipped mm-hmm. um, or remotely in any scenario to succeed despite my best efforts. That's when, that's when I, I would question the opportunity a little bit more. I think that's really good advice for, for any listener to kind of sit with, you know, I think we're all going through different situations right now. And I'm sure there's many listeners thinking like, Oh man, like I went out of this gig so bad, uh, you know, probably looking. And I think that's, that's fine. And then there's some, like you said, who are doing really great and, and happy where they are. But I think those are just two, two really good ways to kind of think about your, your current situation. So I love that. I love that analogy there. Um, I guess what advice would you give to, let's say a sales team, a sales leader, specifically let's say let's get real specific here vp sales he wants he or she wants to create more um more of a culture that prioritizes this this you know inner game piece that we talk about so much what advice would you give to them it's tough because you know i've I've never been in that role number one so let's 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 clarify that first however i think you need to the the best way to lead is practice what you preach Show that you are, uh, you know, taking time to slow down, to prioritize your health, to prioritize your family, or at least iterate it, you know, like, or not iterate it, but make it vocal, make it known of what the things that are, that are important, right. Mm -hmm. And, And keeping those top of mind. So you can implement that by, by like, let's say, you know, folks want to take time off or they want to take a mental health day and allowing them to do so. Mm-hmm. you know, giving them permission to take a break or giving them per- permission to have breaks throughout their day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is critical, but I, I, you know, my, my VP was God bless him. He was, he was a great VP, yeah. but he was always vocal about the fact of, 
you know, um, you know, how important his kids were and like, uh, if people want to take time off to take time off so that Other. they can, they can come back to work as their full selves and mm-hmm. to, to use our, our, we had meditation rooms to use our meditation rooms, you know, like yeah. making it known, making it vocal and, and being a symbol of what you want to see mm-hmm. in your team and in, in your reps, I think is, is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah. And, and you create that culture and that environment, you know, as a leader, you have an amazing opportunity to, to create that. And like you said, leading by example is one of the best ways to create that. And I think that culture and environment that you create will kind of dictate how a lot of these things unfold. So, you know, to any leaders listening, I think it is not on you, but important for you to, to lead by example and to really make sure that, you know, these are things that your team can look up to and, and feel inspired to and, and feel maybe even motivated to do. Like if you're talking about meditation, for example, maybe a lot of team members haven't done it, but then they hear about it from you and they're like, Oh, that could be cool. Like, you know, as a leader, people look up to you. So I think that's, that's really good. And that's a simple, easy way to do it, you know, by, by just leading by example in that sense. So yeah, you got to set the tone. Any VP of sales has that pull to be able to set the tone in their, in their organization mm-hmm. um, and to represent the values that, that you want to have in your team, the culture that you want to have in your team. And I think the fear for some leaders, sales leaders is that, oh, this is just going to make my team lazy and it's going to make them, you know, it's going to make them take their foot off the gas. But the reality is that the top athletes in the world need recovery time. I'm not, I'm not shy about in the middle of a workday when I feel like I need it going for a half hour walk, going for, uh, you know, um, like having an hour where I'm just on the phone with my wife and, and, you know, talking with her and catching up with her and, you know, so on and so forth, because I know that this is the type of game where if I'm going to play it long and if I'm going to play it well, then I got to give myself opportunities for recovery, for, to re-energize, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how to build a sustainable sales career. Mm -hmm. And that's such a good point. I think there is still, a lot of individuals out there that maybe don't see the value in, in doing these type of things and prioritizing these type of things. But I think to your point, it creates sustainability. It reduces that turnover. You're getting probably more out of that individual over an extended period of time versus that, you know, the average, I think the average tenure of a, of a sales professional is like a year and a half at a company. Right. And, and then they might, you know, have another opportunity or, or burn out or whatever it might be, but you're creating more of a sustainable uh, plan for them by you know applying a lot of these things. So I guess with that, what do you think the future of sales looks like? Future being, let's say, ten years out, do we prioritize this more? Curious to hear your thoughts. Maybe what you've been seeing. Have you noticed more conversations with desire for that? I, I definitely think I'm seeing a trend in it going in the positive direction. Yeah, um, where leaders are being more conscious about their team's mental state they're realizing that's a big part of the game especially now right at, mm-hmm. at a time like this um i speak to a lot of sales managers and sales leaders and what i've been hearing is you know reps are going through self-doubt reps are going through lack of belief reps are not energized are as you noted you know tremendously fearful mm-hmm. um at a right now we're you know basically three quarters through the year um at a time when a lot of reps should be hitting the gas many are actually taking their foot off the pedal um because they're just, they don't, they feel all the pressure and it's, and it's weighing them down more than ever before. Thankfully, I'm seeing a trend where leaders, managers, you know, companies are being more conscious of the fact that, okay, there's a, 
there's a mental game here as much as there is a game of knowing how to ask the right discovery questions, build a compelling business case, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd argue that those things, the inner game is more important because that's what allows you to show up consistently over time. And so I believe that over the next 10 years, you'll see more mindfulness programs at work. You'll see more, mm -hmm. um, you know, actually health and wellness benefits where, you know, people can, you know, top performers potentially, or, you know, top AEs can get nutritionists, can get trainers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you're at the top of your game physically and mentally, chances are you're going to be really good and, and perform well at work as well. Absolutely agree. And I think that is aligned with a lot of the work that you and I do, you know, and especially you right now with, with untap uh, your sales potential that I love that rebrand, by the way, that with that work that you guys are doing there. So thank you. I guess for anyone that is interested, maybe in, in checking you guys out, what, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, they can just uh, check out my LinkedIn, uh, Tandra yeah. Mustafa on LinkedIn. I have a link to, to book a call and really what our program is all about is helping you access the mindset habits and selling skills of top performing account executives at the world's best and biggest and brightest companies. Mm -hmm. um, so we've, we've served clients from all over from startups to, to enterprise um, in strategic SaaS sales roles. So um, we've, you know, to this point, I think helped over 200, 250 students go through our program wow. and counting. Wow. Um, That's we amazing. Actually have a, yeah. It's, it's awesome. To, to be a part of, we're doing a mastermind in, in Austin, Texas this weekend where our top clients are getting together and we're doing like personal development. So Ooh. this weekend's mastermind is, uh, the theme is live life with no regrets. So it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait, but this is the stuff that we, that we talked about that we get into. And um, if you're curious, you know, you can check out untapyoursalespotential.com too, mm -hmm. but uh, love to have a chat. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we'll have to talk more uh, after that, that session in Austin. I'd be very curious to see how that goes. And I'll put uh, information in the show notes for, for individuals to, to reach out to you if they want to do that. But uh, this has been a pleasure. This has been a great conversation. I mean, we could probably talk for like five days uh, on record <laughs> here, but keeping it within the, in the episode here, um, we'll definitely have more conversations in the future, but this was, this was a pleasure, man. For sure. Likewise. Good being here. Talk to you soon.